0: Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Goode.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Let's kick off today talking about social media addiction, which affects more than 50% of kids today. While there aren't any stats for adults, I would say at least 50% of adults are also addicted to social media, especially those in the 25 to 40 year old age bracket. Now I'm going to give you some of the signs to look out for. While I'm talking about kids, these signs hold true for anyone of any age. So if you find yourself saying, yeah, I'm doing that, you may want to rethink how much time you're spending on social media and make some adjustments. But before we jump in, I just want to say the kids are more easily addicted to social media than adults, just because of their maturity level. They've got surging hormones and their emotional and rational skills aren't fully developed yet. I know there are adults that fall into this category, but it's really important if you've got kids to be looking at this and try to keep it in check or break the addiction now while you can. So here are seven signs to look out for. Number one, your kids want constant access to social media. This would include being on social media in the middle of the night and sneaking their phone in their room if you have a no cell phone in the bedroom role. This is the first sign that there's a problem. Like if you see the glow of the screen under the door, or if they're constantly fidgeting with their phone, or if you've taken their phone away and they just go into a complete meltdown mode about their phone, then odds are they've got a social media addiction problem. What constitutes constantly? Well, it would be always checking their social media accounts, monitoring their status updates, checking for notifications, and getting upset when no one comments or likes their posts. If you see any of those things, you're in the danger zone. And I will say, if your kids are sneaking their phones or devices at night, it's time to put them on a social media detox. I would suggest a minimum 10 day, no social media break. Now, trust me, this is not going to be easy if you do this. The first couple of days are almost similar to when someone who stops taking drugs has withdrawals or someone who is an alcoholic, hasn't had a drink in a while or someone who has quit smoking. You know, the first 48 to 72 hours, they go through massive mood swings, um, anger, depression, anxiety, even kids, even kids as young as 12 and 13 do this. Their their hands will shake. They won't be happy with you at all. But trust me, if you do that, if you're going to do the 10-day detox, stick to your guns. It gets better. By day three, you have a whole new kid, I'm told. All right. We just covered number one, let's move to number two, which is oversharing, or as kids today say, that's just TMI, you know, too much information. Now, if your kids are posting every little detail about their lives, from what they had for breakfast to what outfits they're wearing every day, they're probably oversharing. And I promise you, their friends really don't care I know it's harsh and it sounds harsh, but social media promotes this level of vanity where they have kids and some adults believing that everyone wants to know every little juicy or not so juicy detail about their day and their lives. And it's simply not true. Most people don't care, even your best friends. And if you really think about the reality You are consumed with your life and your family, and that's really how it should be. I mean, yeah, we want to know how other people are doing, but it's not at the top of our list. And the sooner that we teach our kids that, the better off we are. And social media tries to teach them the opposite. So if you notice oversharing, that's a red flag. It's probably time to sit down and have some conversations. Number three, they're not interested in real life. They don't want to do anything with real people. They only want to chat with their online friends. Now, this one is tricky right now because of COVID 19. And some kids are only doing virtual learning. So they don't see their friends. So if they have social media, that's the only place that you they can connect with other people. So you really have to be paying attention. While you don't want your kids to be in isolation, You also don't want them living a strictly virtual life. My suggestion would be, if your kids are doing virtual school and they aren't seeing their friends, make sure you're doing real-world activities with them. Make them disconnect from the screens and do stuff, you know, like walking, biking, drawing, singing, playing a musical instrument, cooking, anything that doesn't involve computers, tablets, and smartphones number four they're so wrapped up in what others are saying or not saying online the american medical association has released thousands of studies of the last 10 years about the connection of social media depression and anxiety look at it from your kids perspective they just posted this amazing photo maybe they spent an hour or two setting up the candid selfie Or it was really just a fun, spontaneous photo and post. And they think, man, I can't wait till everyone sees this. They're going to love it. Everyone's going to comment on this. It might even go viral. And then crickets. No posts, no likes, no hearts, nada. Now your kids are upset and spiraling into depression because no one commented. There's no thumbs up, no hearts, no nothing. One of the ways social media is designed is it's to make you feel like you're this mega important person, that you're a celebrity living in your own fantasy land. And it tries to make kids and adults uh, feel like that the only way to validate their existence or your worth as a person is if all these people are commenting or liking on your post. And that's really not true. And for kids, when no one pays attention, it makes them feel like no one cares, they're not worthy, and they have no real friends. What they don't realize is their friends have a life too. So this is especially true for teenagers as they feel like their social media life is validated by their peers, which is why I recommend waiting as long as you can for social media. Just wait as long as you can. Now, number five, if they're stalking others online. Now, I'm not talking about following their friends. I'm talking about obsessing over a boy or a girl or a group of their peers online. So an example of this would be, they wanna be friends with a group of girls, but the girls aren't really friendly with them at school. However, they'll let them follow them or be their quote unquote friends on social media because of course, Everybody wants more followers. So now your daughter is checking in on this group of girls all the time so that she can see what they're doing, what they're wearing. You know, this is actually a form of cyber stalking. And in most states, it's a crime. So you want to be really careful that they don't blur that line. Number six, spending four hours or more a day on social media. Now before you say there is no way a kid is spending that much time during a school day on social media, you should consider that most kids will check their social media first thing in the morning for an average of 30 minutes, during lunch for an average of 15 minutes when they're in school of course, it's probably longer if they're at home and doing virtual school, and then sporadically throughout the day for an average of another hour if they're in high school and you aren't monitoring and restricting their social media time. That's almost two hours a time before 3 p.m. And honestly, I'm being conservative here. In In 2018, a Pew study showed the average teen spent about seven hours a day on social media. I know, it sounds crazy, right? Well, if you have social media yourself, I challenge you to start timing yourself And see how much time you as an adult spend on it. Look, I have some accounts. And I know firsthand that it's so easy to get on there and get sucked in. You know, I'll sit down and say, oh, I'm just going to catch up with my family that lives out of state. And the next thing you know, I'm watching cat and dog and whale videos. And I've had two plus hours of time sucked out of me. Now, I can't imagine being a tween or a teen and getting sucked into all the school and peer drama of friends, who's dating who, who just dumped who, who's wearing what, who just got the new car, and all the other middle and high school drama that kids today deal with. So you need to be on the lookout for that. And number seven is they don't understand potential real-world consequences of their posts, pictures, and videos. Now this one, wow, this one ruins more kids' futures and kills more kids today than cancer. It's a travesty that more parents aren't outraged about social media. I really believe that most parents underestimate the power of social media. There is no such thing as free speech on social media. I'm just going to tell you. Sure, you can express your opinion, but you cannot control the consequences of what happens after that. I've seen more kids and adults' futures destroyed for a silly or stupid comment. I've seen adults who've been fired from a job they've had for 30 years because of a photo they posted on their private Facebook or Instagram account. Anyone, anywhere, who doesn't like what you posted or doesn't agree with what you've posted now has the power to rain fire, death, and destruction down on you in the blink of an eye. And your kid's life can be destroyed. Now, whether they were joking or not is irrelevant, Whether what they believe is harmless or not, it no longer matters in today's social media-driven world. I've given lots of examples of this in past shows, and I'm sure you've all heard, the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, today with social media, that quote is absolutely true. So here are a few tips to help prevent social media addiction. Number one, wait as long as you can to let your kids on the platform. I know it sounds harsh, But you're the parent. You make the rules. And I've got to tell you that the most successful people in our country, their kids do not have social media. None. They tell them that when they're 18 and out on their own, paying their own bills, they can get it then. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about celebrities like actors and sports figures. And I'm certainly not talking about influencers because their whole world revolves around others you and your kids, following them, talking about them, and keeping them front and center in your world. You don't have to say no, just say not yet. So tip number two, use a good monitoring tool that can restrict the amount of time they spend on social media. The American Medical Association says that kids spending more than two hours a day on social media is bad for their mental health and increases their anxiety and chances of self-harm by 60%. And then tip number three, if you're going to let your kids play in that playground and be in social media, you have to be there too, period. No excuses. No, I'm too busy. You've got to be there. You need to be actively engaged with your kids, even your teens, if you want to win this battle. It's not easy, but trust me, it's worth it. Social media addiction is a real thing, not just for kids, but for adults as well. If you know what to look for, you can help prevent it in yourself and your kids, or if you find that your family has already crossed into those waters, you can, you can work to stop it now before it goes any further. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a short break.
0: Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today.
1: Welcome back. Here we are, another week and more TikTok news that parents should know about. Now this first piece of news isn't about a challenge, but about a new filter that TikTok itself created and launched. I'm gonna start off saying that this filter has been removed by TikTok at this time, but that's not stopping kids from taking photos and videos and distorting them to achieve the same effect. What is it? It's called the chubby face filter. What could possibly be wrong with a filter named chubby face, right? In case you think your ears heard you wrong, I did really say chubby face filter, and that's what TikTok named it. Now this filter fills out the user's cheeks mostly, and most users were using it to see what they'd look like if they were to gain a bunch of weight or were fat, as they said in their videos. This has parents in an uproar and many calling it fat phobic. Many users were turning the filter on and then turning it back off and saying how relieved they were that they didn't actually look like that. Young girls who have more of a natural round face features, you know, like the nice little round cheeks, have been offended and I don't blame them. I've seen videos of young girls crying, asking others why they hate their face especially since they didn't have anything to do with it. They were born that way. As I said earlier, TikTok has removed this filter, but their response is repulsive and offensive, especially to me as a woman and a mom. TikTok said, and I quote, this filter was intended for specific markets such as East, West, and South Africa, Healthy, filled out cheeks are perceived differently in different cultures and markets. It was accidentally made available in other markets. Wow. I'm not buying that. I can't imagine a young girl in any culture being okay with this filter. I mean, it's not like they're isolated and they're not connected to a worldwide web where they can see other kids using this filter and bullying just I just don't even know where else to go with that. But if you see your kids taking pictures and distorting them to try to make their face look, well, for a lack of better words, fat, you know that they're trying to do this trend. This next adventure in the land of TikTok is especially disturbing. Most parents who have tweens or teens have heard about the live streaming on Facebook of violent crimes and suicide. In fact, it's one of the driving factors of why parents don't really want their kids to use Facebook. Well, guess what? TikTok is allowing users to take those Facebook live videos and embed them in TikTok videos. Now, when I say TikTok is not just a bunch of kids doing dance moves, I wasn't kidding. Maybe it started out like that, but those days are long gone. The latest TikTok video craze has a 33 year old army veteran who lost his job and his girlfriend and then committed suicide on a Facebook live stream. He shot himself in the head. TikTok users are inserting clips from this video into what looks like harmless TikTok videos to trick people into watching the full video because TikTok is able to ban The videos where it starts off with this young man who took his life. I've got to ask you as a parent, do you want your kids watching someone kill themselves? This is what TikTok is dishing up for your kids as entertainment. And guess what? You and your kids have absolutely no control over the TikTok main feed, which is the For You page if you're not familiar with it. This page isn't curated by what accounts your kids follow like the Facebook feed is. Although I will admit there are ads in your Facebook feed. Those are based on what you've looked at and your interests. Well TikTok doesn't work that way. That is not what TikTok does. The For You page is controlled by an algorithm. and. Unfortunately, no one knows for sure how that's determined because only TikTok knows that and they keep that as a highly guarded secret. They consider that one of their trade secrets of what makes TikTok, TikTok. From what I've seen and the research I've done, this algorithm is controlled by the most popular or trending videos across the platform. And this is why it's hard to avoid these types of videos no matter who you are if you're on TikTok. While TikTok has pulled obvious videos that show this horrific, sad video, it's having a very difficult time finding the ones that have the suicide video embedded in what starts out as a harmless, normal video. Because you see, even their all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful AI, that's artificial intelligence, isn't able to catch those, nope. It's not. TikTok is relying on other users or the community, as they call your kids, to report these videos and then they remove them. Wow, just wow. Your kid has to see the video, then report it. How sad is that? TikTok is not a safe or kid-friendly platform, period. Maybe it was, but it's not anymore. Your middle school kids should really not be on it just due to the content they'll be exposed to and you have no control over that content. If you have high school age kids and you're going to let them have TikTok, you absolutely should also have a TikTok account so you can see what they see as well as what they're posting. All right, let's switch gears. I've been getting a lot of questions about what kind of headphones should kids have? especially from parents whose kids are doing virtual school while they're at home trying to work. Does this sound familiar? So some of the questions are, what features are important? What features are just fluff? Are those $200 Beats for Kids headphones really worth it or necessary? What features should I look for? And my absolute favorite question, should my eight-year-old have a pair of Apple AirPods? Whew! Well, I'm going to start off answering that last question. Should my eight-year-old have a pair of Apple AirPods? Um, no, they should not. Now, before I have all the Apple geeks listening go into a meltdown, let me say, one, I'm an Apple geek, too. I've got an Apple MacBook, an Apple Watch, and an iPhone, as well as a pair of AirPods that I absolutely despise. I tried giving them to my kids who also like Apple products and they dislike them too. However, that's not why I'm saying no to AirPods for younger kids. My reason is actually based on real science. According to the experts, the pediatric audiologists and other doctors that are, that they end in ologists, they all specialize in the ears for kids. They say, Younger kids have tiny ears and eardrums and they aren't done growing yet. So, shoving those earbuds, no matter what brand, into them can damage their eardrums for life. You see, earbuds, especially AirPods by Apple, can amplify the sound level by six to nine decibels, which is damaging for kids. Now, the second reason they should be off the list for younger kids is that they are too big for those tiny ears. Sticking AirPods into your kid's ears can actually break their eardrums, causing them to lose their hearing. Now, I'm not even gonna mention the frustration of having your eight-year-old lose a pair of 160 to $250 AirPods. Nope, won't go there. Now, if Apple were to come out with AirPods for kids, well, that might be a different story, but until then, I recommend skip the AirPods. And I'm not alone in this. All the experts across the country recommend over-the-ear headphones for younger kids. Let's talk about the other features that you should consider when it comes to your kids and headphones. Number one is volume. Limiting volume for kids is so important. Why? Because unlike those of us who may have blasted our music on a car radio or a boombox, kids today spend more time with headphones on than they do with them off. Before COVID-19, the average time kids were in headphones or earbuds was about four hours a day. Since March, kids have been averaging seven hours a day in some type of headphone. According to the American Medical Association, nearly one in five teens today are facing noise-induced hearing loss which is losing their hearing due to wearing headphones or being around loud noise on a constant basis. That's a whole lot of kids losing their hearing and going deaf. Well, the experts say that noise exposure is like sun exposure, long enough and loud enough and you'll burn or lose your hearing. That's why they all recommend having headphones that reduce the volume. This feature is normally called volume limiting. Now, one way to see if your kid's headphones are too loud is sit next to your kid while he's wearing his headphones and talk to him. He should be able to hear you. And if not, it's either way too loud or he's messing around with you. Now, the other feature you need to look at, which number two, is the fit. You wanna make sure that the headphones you get for your kids are lightweight and adjustable. You want them to feel comfortable on their ears and not weigh their head down. Durability should also be a factor because, I mean, let's face it, kids are, well, kids. They drop things, lose things, stretch things to their limits, and accidentally step on things. Ask me how I know that. Now, number three for features is deciding if you want wired or wireless. This is a matter of personal preference and knowing your kids. Wireless headphones give more flexibility as far as there are no wires to tangle, stretch, and break, but they require you or someone to make sure they're paired and charged with whatever device that they're using and to keep those charging cables somewhere that you know where they are. Wired headphones means they can't roam around the house listening. They'll have to have the device close by. You also don't have to worry about charging or Bluetooth connections. Again, this is strictly a personal preference and depending on your kid's age. Now, before I give you a short list of kids' headphones, I just wanna say that pediatric doctors say kids four and under should not use headphones. It damages their hearing. I know, we've all seen those pictures and videos of babies with headphones on. Just know, it's not safe unlike online review sites that get a kickback from providing you a list of recommended products we do not i'm providing these for your benefit and i recommend that you review the features before making a decision for your kids this list is not in any particular order and the prices range from ten dollars to about hundred dollars here are eight pairs of headphones that you could check out puro sound labs They make multiple headphones for kids from the Puro Quiet to the BT 2200 and the Junior Jams. Then there's Buddy Phones that um, have foldable headphones, Sakar Hello Kitty, Leapfrog headphones, Cozy Phones Kids Headphones. This is a soft stretch headband that has ultra thin speakers in them, little gadgets, and they also have multiple options kids gear wired headphones for kids and of course amazon basics which has a volume limited on-ear headphones for kids now if you have an older teen that you want a gift with an awesome pair of headphones i recommend asking them what they like because there are hundreds of brands out there and depending on what they're going to do with them that will depend on what kind of headphones they want A kid who plays a lot of online games isn't going to want the same headphones as the kid who primarily listens to music. And trust me, they will gladly give you this information. That wraps up another show. And until next week, remember, parenting in today's digital world is challenging and difficult, but you can do this. Have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.